in three, two, one. Welcome to a bonus episode of TWBD. That's There Will Be Dungeons. And it's uh, for the month of April. We are on, the, we're actually recording this on the 26th. That means you find folks who support us as a Dungeons Plus member. Get it right away. In fact, you'll get it today. Everyone else, you got to wait a week. So if this is a week later and you're now getting it, you're wondering how do I get this early, head on over to therewillbedungeons.com and sign up and get it faster and more cool stuff by becoming a member. All right, we're going to dive right in, get straight to it. Kristen has the questions. We have the answers, potentially. Kristen, take it away. All right, this first one, we're taking kind of a, a step back in time, a little revisit, so I can clarify the question because I didn't make it as clear as it could have been. So this question is specifically for Kristen, Kyle, and John. Do any of you also enjoy a more rigidly understood tabletop experience where things align more with D&D or other tabletop rules, with rules as written? So like hardcore, like by the rule, by the letter rules. That's I think what there's kind of two parts here. Uh, I, I think I maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um, where things align more with d and I'm, I'm wondering if that might mean, you know, more of a traditional D&D setting in addition to the rules question. And so I actually get to play in one that's more, it's still homebrew, but it's definitely a little more high fantasy. And I don't, I can't say that I prefer it. Like you get something out of both. Like Bo's world and the world in this other game are so vastly different that the way I play in both uh, gets to be completely different. Um, and I really enjoy that. I like that every table can be different. Um, I tend to think, as far as rules go, I tend to think more rules is written. So I'll be sitting here quietly thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do when it's my turn. And I might get a creative idea and go, ah, that's not in the rules. And then I don't do it. So I tend to kind of play that way, but I don't want to play. <laughs> I just kind of by default do it. And so when I hear, because uh, Kyle's very good at coming up with these very cool ideas <laughs> and he just throwing them out there and being like, I don't know, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And I always get jealous of him because Varel always has these really cool moments as a result of it. Yeah. And so that that's actually an area I want to step out of. I want to try and do more creative, fun things. I mean, that's kind of my fault for being a DM and testing the DM, right? Like, I'm kind of pulling up, well, Varel's so unoptimized, surely I wrestled five monkeys to get here. Now he'll let me do this massive damage turn since I was such a boob before. Mm. I mean, I like watching... I don't know. I like watching... I like watching creative stuff happen that no one thought of that may only work if... Bo sees a glimpse of like, ooh, that would be interesting for this story. So we're going to bend this direction and allow this in. Like just from that standpoint, I love how that happens to us. I think it's cool. But there's also the element of it that we can't really share or talk about Bo's world because it's so homebrew. Like it'd be really fun to play Curse of Strahd with y'all. Mm -hmm. And then people, listeners, you know, joining in could be like, oh man, I remember the two headed guy in the house of death, like that. Wow. That's how they handled it. Well, that's so weird. And like raw has its place 
And it'd be really fun to do like a module, like an official module as a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm into it. Awesome. Uh, cool. Wait, so... wait, what about you, Kristen? Yeah. You oh, for sorry. You, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to move on to the next question. Uh, <laughs> it depends on how much prep time there is, because currently, for some reason or another, I don't have too, too much prep time to really study up rules and make sure. Uh, so thank you both for being very uh, not wishy-washy, but I guess lackadaisical when I'm like, can I do this thing? All right, let's kind of figure out how to make it happen because I'm bouncing a baby on one knee and I'm rolling dice on the other. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, but I often feel like as someone who doesn't do their homework enough. <laughs> that makes sense. So I'm not going to judge anyone else who didn't do their homework, which happens. Sweet. Uh, question time. Have any of you had glaring times when you thought as a person, no, I shouldn't do that? but knew full well your character would, so you went ahead and suffered the consequences. If so, what were some of the big ones? I'm going to jump on this first. When Squirts killed the child. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This is a pretty good example. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I thought that at the time. I guarantee John has an answer to this because it feels like you do this all the time. You're always like, well, I know what I'd do, but Stanley wouldn't, or you know, whatever. Yeah, Stanley's a lot like me. Stanley's like the, I mean, he started as kind of the bad angel on my shoulder, and he's kind of turned into the good angel on my shoulder. But he tends to make decisions I probably would anyway. Um, definitely deciding to kill that guy to make it look like an accident did not sit well with me. <laughs> I it was like a year I, ago. It was. It still bothers me. The night that I did it, it was the weirdest experience. I could not sleep. I had the sleep (laughs) that could only be described as like telltale heart. I've done something I shouldn't have and my conscience won't won't let me fall asleep. Uh, I I had a really bad restless night the night I did that. That was a that was a tough decision. Um, Maybe since we're in the outer planes, you could find a soul and apologize to him. I don't know, maybe. Just a thought. Yeah, you go <laughs> find that guy and boy, that yeah, you should do that. Uh Burrell would love that. Stanley walks out of the room after, of course, having a night with what's her face. Yeah. Uh-huh. Being like, guys, <laughs> side quest, man. I don't want to yeah. go home. Yeah. Yeah. Varel loves when Stanley comes up with side quests for the group. <laughs> it's his favorite. I mean, okay, so I can answer for Nash. Nash does a hundred things I would never do. In real life, like really, he wanting to ta- <laughs> he wanting to taste everything or take the pixie blush before anyone had a chance to explain it to him or any of that stuff. I'd never do that in real life. Like I'm way over cautious. Stuff like that would gross me out. Like there's no way I'd keep bat poo in my pockets. It's all yeah, it's all Nash all the time when he makes those decisions. So yeah, he's he's really not like me much at all in some ways in, in some, some ways, ways he's very much like in you. some ways like there's there's a certain kind of like i don't know sardonic kind of a-hole thing that i that i think it reflects me a little bit sometimes but but like but his, like you know the game's a bit of wish fulfillment and fantasy so sometimes there's people that you would think you'd want to tell off that you don't bother that you can in the game right? right exactly and that's all yes that is actually true and also living out this fantasy of just this disgusting spindly magic user with all this rancid history and and all of this is 
is just a fun way to, I don't know, be a thing. I'll never, you know, you can be this here. You can, I can be that thing safely and, and, and in a fantasy setting where I don't have to think about it in regular, regular life. So I can just blow that part off that probably everybody has a little bit of dirty gnash in them. They just, you know, got to get it out somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a, I've got a meta version. Okay. So everyone in fantasy wants like, Oh yeah. Like I hook up with the barmaid. So I get sick satisfaction of Varel having zero sexual interest. Yeah, yeah you're like, frustrating in that way. Yeah. All right, like I'm, I'm, I'm sticking it to the RPG man, not Bo. Just like the no, fan- but you are, you are frustrating in that way. Not that I feel feelings for it, but I definitely am like, all right, let's try and I put some effort into trying to imagine a mate that Varel would find interesting, and you're always like, no, or just situations, <laughs> strip clubs, whatever. And yeah. you're constantly like, just like, no. And I'm like, all right. Well, if you want, <laughs> like so, a, so I have a revelation. I have a revelation to make that's a little along those lines. And I don't know if I've told any of you guys this, but that one of the main reasons, probably 90% of the reason that there is a story about Nash Maggard losing his wiener and kicking it under the bed <laughs> is because I didn't want to get in, put in scenarios where Bo was going to make me be sex man because I knew it was yeah, going to. There was this whole huge movement, like unspoken movement of you avoiding <laughs> uh, simulated sex with me. Yeah. Right? So not simulated sex, but you know what I mean? Just even the, the hint of like, I'm pretending I'm a girl. And you're like, oh, I'm. Yeah, that's face. where I was yeah. out because. And, hearing, I, and, and hearing, you don't want me making this face. Yeah. Having, make, having Bo make faces, <laughs> having him make faces and being all like, yeah, I'm a lady voice for, for 10 minutes of a really awkward yeah. situation is horrific to me but uh i'm glad i did it i'm glad i did it because now you know then we've had some pretty funny stuff the you found a way around it with the freaking plant and the freaking you know wiener magic and all that yeah. that was pretty funny I so i love that Bo took your plan and was like oh yeah check this out yeah. it was a real challenge and you did pretty it pretty much it Figured out a way to do it. Now I'm married to her, so you should read all the spells. So many of our problems in real life would be solved if those existed. I know. So anyway, I yeah, you, I would. My goal originally was it. like, I, Bo, I am not going to get in some weird, hot and heavy moment with Bo where I have to respond to Bo in some way that's anything other than disdain or laughter. And you still found a way to get my <laughs> wiener out. So nice job. I seduced you. You just admit it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, that's the the question was characters doing things differently than the person. Did mm-hmm. we all answer? Yeah, Stanley, did you? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. 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 How about yeah. you, Bo? Yeah, as a as a DM, can you even is that even an answerable question? Because you're not necessarily playing a character. But... No, I can do anything and everything. The only thing that concerns me is just the um, the threshold of consent and you know player comfortability and respect and all that. Gotcha. You know, I've got to I think about different things. Like, is this depiction going too far? Should I make casual jokes about rape? No, I should not. People did not like that. No, no. So that's more my <laughs> my minefield, so to speak. Sure. Mm. Right. I know you, I mean, you were, it's not really, not so much a minefield, but this is a few weeks ago. So it was just as this whole pandemic thing was kind of just getting started. And you launched this into a part of the campaign where, you know, that became a theme for a little bit. And I know you were a little yeah. bit nervous about that. I think it turned out great and was I don't know. It didn't feel weird to me at yeah, all. Yeah, but um, I, I'm no trouble. I mean, that's what these bonus shows are for. So if you're subscribed to these and, you know, you can find out the sausage. I probably went 
it probably wasn't everyone's favorite. I got a bit of feedback about that. So, you know, that we actually, I guess you hadn't noticed. And if everyone didn't notice that I'm doing things somewhat correctly, but I kind of, I found a way out so that we didn't have to deal with disease because, you know, it might have, you know, if we had listeners who lost someone to it and we were doing this 10 episode arc of right. a similar disease, it's not very brilliant at all. In fact, it's probably going to end up hurting a lot of people. So sure. um, we made that, I tried to make that shift quickly as possible without making it seem. I think it worked like out. And that, yeah. 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 So, I think the brevity again, of it uh, helped because it wasn't going to be brief, I guess, is what I'm saying. It, it turned very hopeful, very quick. And I think that is is kind of what helped that. Yeah, uh, I, agree. Along. I agree with that. Yeah. But definitely the idea came from that world event. And then the, the retraction also came. It was like, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Sure. Yeah. Way. But um, yeah. All right. A question to your designated party leader, Stanley Billings. <laughs> After listening to six hours of epic battle, I wondered why you didn't just use the broom and Nash dragon to fly away to heaven with the party, plus Stanley's waifu and the glove. Love the show, though. Stanley's uh, waifu. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Scott yeah. discovering what a waifu was. Yeah. He did. Live on a podcast. Yeah. It was good. I have a feeling they heard that, too, when they wrote this letter. But anyway. Uh, so I definitely had a different uh, idea of how all that fight fighting was going to go down pretty consistently throughout it. Bo subverted expectations frequently. I also thought the fight was going to start a lot I, like later than it did it was sort of like we we ended an episode and then we started an episode and i thought there'd be prep time but it was sort of just like no we gotta go and uh i actually have the ability to conjure a flying mount uh, i can actually have a pegasus whenever i want it just takes five minutes to cast the next thing i knew we were in a fight and i was like well this would have been a perfect time to have a Pegasus available to me, but I guess that's going to just be forgotten. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was already starting with a, like, hmm, this is this is not going the way I, I thought it would, and I I don't know. It was just trying to staunch the, the bleeding, that whole fight is what it felt like. It was like, okay, let's just get rough. through this. Oh, it's worse. Okay, let's just get through this. Oh, it's worse. Right. Okay, let's just get through this. Okay, and yeah. uh, it was, I mean the it was battle. A tough one. The battle didn't yeah. go the way I thought it was going to go either. So that that's part of it too, um, because I definitely thought I definitely knew about your mount, and I definitely well I showed you guys the map, but there definitely was a phase two where you guys were mounted flying towards the boats or towards heaven. Oh, um, so I thought that that's what was going to happen. The idea was a little bit like they're going to try and do the handoff. The handoff will be challenged. And then the team will be like, no, no, we can do this. And then they get on the mounts and then we have aerial combat. Um, but that it went a different direction. So, and that's not a bad thing, but it definitely, um, it, there definitely was contingencies planned on my part for it. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. This is a question for Scott, Kyle, Kristen, and John. Do you have a particular high tier active slash passive ability you're looking forward to unlocking for your character class? when they reach the appropriate level? And if so, what is it and why? Okay, so this is going to irritate John to death, my answer, okay? This is going to drive him crazy. I'm excited. But this is the truth. I have made a concerted effort since like level three to not think too much about that until it happens. Because the- No, I'd argue that's shown. 
Well, it, pro- it probably has, but there, I have leaned into it. Let's say I've leaned into it because um, I like that feeling of I didn't overprepare for this or I've or even I made a mistake. Like there's something about that chaos I dig for the way my character plays, the way the campaign plays out. I like to find out the hard way that, that the thing was maybe the wrong choice. Um, you know, and Bo's gracious enough to let us during these leveling moments to make some changes and stuff when, when needed. And so that's helped, but I don't think too far ahead about it. Cause I, I kind of, I kind of want to discover it in weird real time. I know that doesn't make sense. It's bad for planning. Uh, it's totally probably not the way most people would do it, but Kind of. No, but it's organic in a way. Yeah. So kind of like if you're doing a theater production, sometimes you don't read the script before you go for that first read through yeah. just so you can kind of explore the story yeah, it's a and little, feel uh, what the first emotions are. The word the word organic's a good one. You maybe almost emergent in a way cuz a lot can change a character with one mm. good or bad choice and I don't know. There's things I picked back at level two that I've still don't use ever. Uh, and I need to, you know, rethink some of that part of it's cause you know, I've never taken a character this far before, never been this level before in any uh, the old campaigns I ran as a kid. And, and that huge swath of time between doing anything in D and D and then playing again was big enough to forget all that. So to me, this is like new territory every time it's like getting DLC for a video game that I didn't expect. And then I kind of have to suss it out. I don't know. I just kind of like that part of it. I enjoy that. Yeah, I'd say for me, I I had a shift. Uh, at the beginning, I definitely was a, I'm really excited, I want to read things. I had a big plan for Stanley and how he was going to level. Uh, he was going to be a College of Swords bard, and he was going to be a big melee fighter, and uh, all sorts of crazy ideas for that guy. And uh, none of those happened. So I kind of got myself to the place where I was like, okay, you need to stop planning too far ahead. Because I'm at the same time, even though I had a plan, I'm going to let the story and what's going on kind of dictate what I do. And so I, I try not to think too far ahead because I also don't know if he's going to survive that long. And it would it'd be a real bummer to be like, oh, man, I can't wait for this. And, you know, then he dies. It's happened before. It could happen again. Mm-hmm. But that said, we did talk about it, I think, near the end of the show one time that at 14th level, I get a thing called Unbreakable Majesty, which is basically Stanley becomes too pretty to hit. And I think that's hysterical sounding. And uh, I'm looking forward to it as a result because it's just such a what a strange thing that is. Mm-hmm. You become so attractive that people are like, I want to hit him, but ah, just so pretty. I'm going to hit something else. Mm-hmm. I like that. Fighters a... are kind of plain. I mean, fighters are pretty straightforward. If you're rolling a character and you don't really want it complicated, fighters are perfect for leveling. That being said, I love uh, going with the uh, the crit roll on an 18, 19, or 20. It, do- it still doesn't happen all the time, but the fact that it happens more often... Mm-hmm beautiful yeah nothing quite like it mine's actually almost here uh so this level 11th which we got today is relentless rage so whenever i drop to zero hit points if i'm raging i don't outright die i get to make a constitution saving throw and keep going if i succeed Mm. so next level when we hit feet level i want to take advantage in constitution scores so that 
I can get the crap beat out of me. It'll be Ooh. fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, uh, that's interesting. I wonder how it interacts with Grosjean. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure who would get the zero first. I guess I don't I think, die. I think, so... decide. I, I think maybe it's a question of deciding and just letting you get, like, you have two fail safes. So when you hit zero, you can keep rolling cons. And if that fails, then you can go to Grosjean. Yeah, I mean, Grosjean was a big surprise today. I did not expect that. You someone... may have met, I don't know, you met someone who knows who Grosjean is and yeah. created the artifact in the first place. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited uh let's see i realize slowly nash has been turning more and more into future nashes does it ever make any of you wonder if the first few future nashes weren't referencing the same quote horrible ending end quote that the wall nash did do you think it's possible that there may be something still coming that the future nashes forewarned of <laughs> uh... The future Nashes are so stupid, but I love them. And I think Future Nashes too is so popular that it would I would be surprised if it didn't get pulled. Oh, back it has to for be for some reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has well, to be. that the 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 hive mind Nash that is still on Earth as last you saw it, right? It, yeah. yeah. Most of the Nashes return to wherever it is they came from, but that Nash is stuck. Yeah. So there's at least one that is in the game world that you can find for sure. Well, unless that place blew up, you don't know for sure. For sure. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I miss the future Nashes too. They're fun. They're ridiculous. And I also like them, but, but you did save what they were warning against was that device that it blew up the earth mm. and he did save the earth. So that was the mission. The future Nashes were on. So you don't have a reason to expect you'll be visited by them, but just because you don't expect it doesn't mean it will happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm, uh, hmm. I let me just. I'll just say I'm not trying to force hands or Bo's hand or make him do anything he doesn't want to do. But future Nashes have to come back, or else I'd be very sad. I really want to know what my future selves say. I love mm. them. Nothing. Look, them sometimes Bo takes things <laughs> away and doesn't give them back, Scott. It's it true. Happens. You're right. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> and some examples. Oh, I'm sorry about your sword, dude. <laughs> the sword, Diantalus. My gold, my yeah. bag of holding, yeah. the mm. immovable rod. Yeah, you're just the elf yeah. of holding now. We give you all our but shit. I mean, everyone would be a tiefling companion. <laughs> like, everyone would be as badly off as you if they cared about objects. Like, you're the only inventory guy out of the four of us. That's true. Like, if Vorel's always tossing stuff away, naturally picks up gross things. Hope is kind of eh. If it's not evil or really powerful, I don't want it. Um, mm. So, you know, you tend to be the cataloger of items. So you also the most hurt by losing everything. You should have signed up for Geico Insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Not sponsored by Geico. <laughs> As someone relatively new to D&D and getting ready to DM their own campaign, I'd love to know where Scott pulls his Foley work from. Is there a generic soundboard he's using or are these sound files he's compiled over the years? Uh, a little bit of both. So I have a ton. I've, I don't know, I'm probably in the tens of thousands of clips I've collected over, oh gosh, since I started really, since MP3s became a thing, like in 98, <laughs> I've been collecting oh, wow. collecting MP3s here and there. And I'm, I've always been a big fan of like sound effects and bed music and just, you know, stuff I can use for different things. And over the last 10 or 15 years, this really exploded because I use it for so many shows and stuff. So there's a bunch of that. And some of that is just, you know, 
cool gun sounds like um whenever hope does let's see let me pull one of these up actually hope shoots her gun this is something i've had this i've had that forever and ever and ever probably since the early 2000s um then there's some other stuff like this bow as an example that i got from tabletop audio so there's this website called tabletop audio and they they um i'm a I also i'm a patron of one of that of them because i really like what they do Anyway, they have uh, just huge collection of uh, different different beds, different sound effects, different scenario themed uh, sets of sounds. So, like if you want to do some forest thing, there's a bunch of that. If you want to do, like I used some stuff today from the Hell Planet one. It sounds like a bunch of demons fighting off in the distance and some weird ominous tones in the foreground. And when Bo was doing his voice to to Hope, I kind of had a weird devil voice in the background that was kind of saying nonsense while he was talking and but you know quiet enough to make Bo the, the foreground and at the background I do that stuff all the time from there it's very good um collection of that sort of stuff and there are other resources out there but sometimes it's just like hey we needed a sound for the fate four honking and I went and found that and uh, one time it was we needed an engine sound that sound is really funny so I went and got this so that thing sounded cool, and I actually got that from the Mad Max 2015 video game. I just went and captured sound from it. So it's just a just a mix, like a ton of different stuff. And there's no one – I don't think there's any one-size-fits-all for me. Like, I'd like to have this kind of control, but um, Tabletop Audio is a great place to start. They have really good stuff, and their, their music selection there is awesome, and it's all uh, copyright-free, so you're not going to get in trouble using it or streaming it or, or any of that, and it's just there to use. Nice. Uh, speaking of uh, John missing, not John Stanley missing all of those things that we lost. Does Stanley miss Diantalis? You were bonded for some time, and he did come in handy in some situations. But does Stanley have ever have any phantom soul? This is an interesting question because before today's episode, I would have been like, eh, not really. Like Diantalis, like imagine. Imagine a dream where you you lose agency of yourself and you do something really horrible in your dream and you wake up and you go, oh, thank goodness it was like just a dream. Like kill George Miller by stabbing Right, him. but imagine you you come to and you did do that and you witnessed it and it was you and, and you have to come to terms with the fact that you did something horrible. Like, he doesn't have a ton of fondness for what Diane Tallis did, but that said, Diane Tallis and Stanley, uh, they could talk and they spent a lot of time obviously not on the show, talking to each other. And I think after this last episode, um, I'm going to have to think about where Stanley lands. But one of the things that Diane Tallis was very adamant about was that Stanley's friends would betray him as soon as they had the chance. As soon as something <gasps> oh, better came along. No! And... Diane Tallis was right, hashtag. No! <laughs> no! So, uh so i think stanley i mean he he was always <laughs> hashtag diane Tallis did nothing wrong i i think stanley might be this might have been the final push because diane Tallis always told him he he would get uh trying to be good would get him killed that happened uh that his friends would betray him uh if they ever had a better opportunity that's now happened like they the things he was told have all come to pass and Maybe it's at the point where Stanley is like, yeah, this guy was right. 
Oh, oh no. Yeah. New side quest. Free Diane Talis. Oh boy. It's a hashtag. Oh, well, we know where he is. It. Yeah. John misses him terribly, by the way. Yeah. Mm. That was always just... you were great as Diane Talis for sure. Yeah. That was fun it was to a watch. Very fun that. character to play. Uh, I remember I saw a bit of art of a frog on the There Will Be Dungeons wiki, and so I was convinced that Nash would get a pet frog at some point. Now I guess it's just a drawing of the Frog Pants logo, but I was so on board for a baby frog he was familiar. Oh. That whole arc actually made me wonder if Bo would ever run this for another set of players. Not necessarily as a podcast, but for fun. Uh, well, here's a few words for Nash before he responds. Okay. One is that you never actually killed that mega frog hemoth. No. He, he, oh, yeah. He, he, un, he unlodged part of his body and left the rest of it on Earth and flew up into space. <laughs> Um, right. So, uh, who knows where he is? Maybe there is a frog hemoth homeworld, and I don't know. Maybe you can tame one and keep it as a familiar. Do I still have the egg? A baby one? No. Okay, I can't remember. You did something with something untowards with it. Oh, I'm that's sure. right. I yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and it's played. yeah. If you I want to a... raise one as your own, maybe you could. You're on. You're in the center of planes, so you could just be like, hey, hey, um, Noodle Man. Uh, do you know where I can find some? You know, baby frog he missed and be like, Oh yeah, I know a guy who sells poached eggs. You would hook you up. Yeah. And maybe you can get one. Maybe I'll get one. Yeah. Right now my my familiar is a uh umbrella dildo I keep with me. So (laughs) you know, one of your familiars is the baby hand that you have on your back. Oh, that's right. He did ended up turning into You don't consult with it very much, but maybe if you ask it its opinion every now and then it could respond. Oh, I should do that. Does it have its own? Oh, this is news to me, actually. It, do, it, it doesn't have a mouth, but it can do hand signals. Like, should I go through that door? And your baby hand can be like. Does it have its own? Up. It's its own autonomy then? It can make its uh, own decisions? It's We kept it vague. Yeah, it, technically, you're in control did. of it. You do things with it. But you haven't tried it yet. So Okay. That's a good. I'm writing that down. Making a note. Maybe it's still you, but you could pretend to everyone else it's a familiar. So you're like, hey, hand, should we go through that door? And then you just play out this weird Ooh. act for people. <laughs> That's two votes Perfect. for yes. Yeah. So you could lie to everyone and say, oh, it's a sentient hand. But really, it's not. It's you controlling it for your own <laughs> silly reasons. Yeah. My Nash reasons. It's a good point. But team... no, it's not sentient. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, is the team ever going to have a game of blood ball? Oh man, people still I'm ask still about. I'm still sad ball. we didn't play Blood Ball. I would love to play Blood Ball at some point, yeah. but the stadium is now a park. I mean, that's right. The Blood true. Ball field is gone, but maybe they have one in Principal City. I don't know. I would play. I would like to finally see what your version of that is. How we roll for stuff like that would be interesting to me. Yeah. After, especially after you did the big fighter freaking marionette the fighting thing, thing. The thing I was looking forward to the most because you were obviously going to be power players on a team full of crappy players. Mm-hmm. And when you're out, um, the punishment is you have to take it. So you have to let someone from the other team hit you with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And you can't flinch. If you flinch, you lose a point. Mm-hmm. And it's a penalty as well. Yeah. So you have to be able to, you have to take a hit. So I can just imagine these poor suckers who get out. And they've got to stand there and let these um, uh, guzzle gang people with baseball bats just hit them anywhere they want in the body. Mm. In the nose, in the ear. You can't lift your hands up to defend. You just have to take it. Ugh. Just yeah. imagine watching someone getting pummeled with a baseball bat right in the nose and they can't defend or dodge or anything. Oof. So that's I blood also... ball? Mm. Oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, I also really wish we had gotten to see, it was thrown out as a brief idea, the cheating version of Blood Ball, where we were going to get an army of pixies to cheat for our team <gasps> and do yep. like a angels in the outfield yes. thing <laughs> with a bunch of pixies helping our team win. Wow. I, I'm, I'm in for your weird idea. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been having those, like, you know how you have sweet memories or nostalgic memories of family moments and stuff? Sure. Like, mm-hmm. that's happening in our D&D game. Yeah, and it like, is, oh, right? Good old days. Remember 26 block? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, rippers. Isn't that where I uh, I killed a guy with sleep? Fell asleep and fell out of his tent. Yeah, out the window. Yep. I killed a man in trash bird <laughs> just to watch him. Just watch him fall asleep and fall off the edge. All right. Well, that puts us at time. Uh, well done, everybody. Uh, these are great. And we don't get great questions without you guys leaving them. So if you go to the website, there's a form right there. And you just send them. It's super easy. You can go uh, do that right now over at therewillbedungeons.com. It's right there on the page. Don't even have to give us your real name. You can just whip it out, hit send, and you're done. And here we are with your questions for our next bonus episode, which will be next month. Uh, we hope you're all doing well and doing okay. If you have any questions for us in the meantime, and you know where to find us. There will be dungeons.com. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your help. That's going to do it for us, for all of us, to all of you. We'll see you next time. If you need anything, just yell, Walnut! <laughs>